I've always been a big advocate of pad work. That's a sign of a proper puncher. Shane reaction. It's like you couldn't make it up. It looked like a shot from a movie. My forearms have probably got the greatest chin of all time. <laughs> a Delahoya hook or a Gerald McLennan right hand? What's the definition of happy pads? Let's get on with it. I'm George. He's Deck. Hello. It's the George Groves Boxing Club. Okay, George, I think there's only one place to start. It's the burning question. Let's get it out of the way now. Have you weighed Arvin? I haven't asked Arvin for his weight. You bottled it. I've, I have definitely You've bottled it. I feel like I've started something in terms of this brewing rivalry between me and Arvin that yeah. he's totally unaware of. He's got you right on the back foot as well. I don't want no part of it, Deck. I don't want to open that can of worms. So I've left Arvin be. Okay, so no Arvin weight, so you failed on that. But have you got us a guest? I told you. Because you promised You know we got a guest. <laughs> We're going to have a guest every week. And we've got a big hitter or someone who takes big hits. Was it easy? Because how how's, how's it been going? Because it sounds like it might be a bit of an arduous task for you. Good friend of mine who's come in today. So he's morally obliged to come in, even though he's one of probably the busiest trainers uh, in the UK right now. He'll let you know that he's got nine fires that he has to pad quite frequently. I did send out a few a few, uh, a few, few WhatsApp messages, reached out to a few I thought was low-hanging fruit. Pulled in favours. Some relative big hitters. But, I mean, someone did send me a voice note via Instagram oh, saying that they don't do podcasts, former world champion, said that uh, he's saving it all for his book. I'm not going to read that book. I ain't buying that He thing. should have come on his pod. <laughs> I said, that's cool. I respect your decision. I didn't. Yeah. But um, good for him for saving it for a book. Mm. But who, this who is reads the books. Who don't read books? <laughs> listen to the podcast. So he might change his mind. And I'm pretty sure he will when this podcast rockets to the top of the charts. And Once he, he hears Shane McGuigan talk about pads, he won't be able to hold himself back. He'll be at the door. Yeah, I've sent out a few WhatsApp. I've got loads of loads of positive. Everyone wants to join the club deck. Everyone wants to join Obviously. the club. You know, it's if truth be told, I'm now juggling, you know, logistics of getting these, scheduling these A superstar guests to come in and, and tell us stuff that, some stuff that even I don't know about the boxing world. So, um, we're in for a treat. Okay, so what about CBS Chris Billum-Smith, the gentleman? Surely he's coming on. Chris, he's just come off the back of a of a huge win, best win of his career. He's got a newborn baby indoors, nine weeks old. He's going to have to spend... He's, he's super busy, basically. What better way to celebrate? But I am going to rip him away from his family and his career to bring him down here and um, get him to deliver some A-star quality content for this pod because um, he's my mate. Another mate? What about Carl the Cobra Frotch? Carl reached out to him already. He's in. He is keen. I want to get him in here in London in the studio. I bet and you do. I've spent a lot of time with Cole recently on tour, speaking tour. I think at the moment he's he's sunning himself on holiday in his holiday home in Europe, so I don't want to bother him too much. Uh, and I don't want to lose it on a Zoom. I want to see him in front of me. Uh, you said it's not just about former fighters. What about all current fighters? What about Frank Warren? Frank Warren is certainly up there on the list. We want to get him in. I'm in the process now of securing Frank. Frank's a busy man, as we know. But he will, busy, move, he will move heaven and earth to get in the studio. I know it. And he can tell it, teach us something that we don't know, otherwise know about maybe himself, but maybe about the boxing world. So I can't wait to get to get Frank. Frank's is definitely coming on. He is PG Keen. Is that the right phrase? Did he tell you that? That's from Greece, isn't it? <laughs> I'll take it. No, it is. What, 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 I think he's what got the a... girl group in... What are they uh, called? Pink the, ladies. The pink ladies. PG Keen. Frank Rose is he in a pink Rizzo ladies? Rizzo used to say it. Yeah. Okay, well, that's three on the maybe list. It reasonably, relatively different levels of maybe-ness, but there was definitely a definite so far. Shane McGuigan. Shane McGuigan, definitely in. He is here. Let's get him in. Let's get him in. 
Today, we're going to talk about pad work with someone who I've done a lot of pads with. Shane McGuigan is here. Shane, thanks for coming in, mate. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Busy old gym at the moment down there. Shane, I'm sure you saw it. I saw a video on, on Twitter of someone walking around your gym. Rob Tebbett actually walking around your gym. And you got Caroline Dubois doing a photo shoot. you got a big brother Daniel sort of loitering about. Billum Smith's doing some foam rolling. You're on the pads. Ellie Scottney's doing the Versa. It's like... Mm. It's like you couldn't make it up. It looked like a shot from a movie. You described that gym, and I haven't seen it, but I would have guaranteed that Chris Billen Smith would have done on the foam roller. He loves the foam <laughs> he roller, was. Chris. Yeah. Daniel's just minding the door. <laughs> so when he's not when he's not training, he's just there making sure no one loiters in. Minding his sister. <laughs> yeah. But what, what it does mean, Shane, is you're holding pads a lot. And yeah. that's the focus of the podcast, isn't it, George? We're going to de- have a deep dive into pad work. Mm. I've always been a big advocate of pad work. Work with a lot of different coaches that put a lot of emphasis on pad work. Shane definitely fits that mould. Exquisite pad man. And it's not all just down to the quality of the physical pad that you hold. Um, although I would be fussy at times about which one he, he would, would get out. Yeah. Can you get the smallest things on, please? <laughs> yeah. The smallest, hardest pads on. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so how many pads, how many sets of pads? You said the smallest, the little focus ones, what you like. How many have you mm. got, Shane? I would say I've got 50 pads over the years is that 25 times 2 or is that 50 pairs of pads 50 pairs of pads that's yeah. unbelievable yeah I've got a basement full of them um, and sometimes I mean if George was to come back I'd probably have to go and dive into my darkest depths of pads and find out the uh, these little frisbees that we used to have I've kind of just retired them after him because um, I don't need to do it to be honest <laughs> also after I left he took on Lawrence Coley, Daniel Dubois yeah. a couple of a bit of Chris Billum Smith now um, starting to whack cruise away it's like wow well, you want to have these you want to get some pillows yeah, Shane, like, yeah? yeah Ellie Scottney she's got the smaller pads so is Caroline and I slightly you know work into the, the bigger pads with the bigger lads so um, Lawrence has got so, small tiny hands but he can generate a lot of force so he likes a soft pad Daniel will hit anything to be honest um, so I just <laughs> yeah we've seen think, that <laughs> <laughs> he hit anything really hard I pick my battles with him and think do you know what today I'm going to put the smaller pads on and then sometimes he feels yeah I feel great today and then the other days I put the more muffled pads on and he's oh, I feel a bit sluggish today but I don't think he really understands it it's the, it's the pads <laughs> that I'm, ch- I'm changing all the time so yeah it's it's a nice satisfying feeling to hit a hit a hard pad but um, it also hurts the hands Is it better for you to have all the big hitters all the big guys in first and then sort of tail off for the rest of the day or do you like to have a gap in between where you have the heavyweight and then the bantamweight and then the cruiserweight and then the featherweight, does that give the shoulders a break or does it just give it time to get sore in between the bigger guys? Well, like, I always try and start with Ellie, Ellie Scottney. Like, she's had three fights with me. She hasn't had any... Big puncher, She can Ellie. punch, though. <laughs> she can actually punch. Mm. And the thing is, is she, she can punch, but she punches short. She still hasn't got that full whip in her shots yet. So I'll always start with Ellie and then I'll just and then it'll be Daniel so I think alright I've warmed up my shoulders completely contrasted styles <laughs> one person's throwing like 200 punches around the other one's throwing 30 to 40 punches around lots of movements filling the gaps and then I'll train Caroline and then most likely it'll be like CBS might have a break for half an hour and then I'll go in and I'll train the next Adam, Hassan Robbie so they're just Bowler. coming they're just keeping, they, they come, just come in, in throughout the day yeah, and what it is is it's like it's like a pub. Yeah, it is. Yeah, with slightly so better quality, inside, yeah, slightly yeah. better Rather quality brawls. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so tell us, boys, why is it important for boxers to to hit pads? 
had to give you a chance to really drill your technique without getting whacked back. <laughs> so, you know, the closest thing you can get to fighting is sparring. The next closest thing you get to sparring is pad work. You know, you, you're never going to get that feel and that reaction on a bag or in shadow boxing. Even when you're doing the, what they call chain, the sticks, the or, sticks, paddles, the sticks yeah. or paddles. Because you can't, you can't get that crispness of punching through, you know, especially if you want to be a fighter who punch through the target. So there might be a touch-touch whip. It, it works, you know, you develop a relationship with your trainer, I think, because they'll get to, the trainer gets to see and feel everything that you're doing right and wrong. Me and Shane would have that relationship where I know what he's going to say before he said it. And we'd all, lots of it would just be, yep, yep, okay, nod, yep, yep. You've lost your back leg, you know, you know or, you know, you, you're not turning your shoulder over, you're not, you're not, you're not getting your hip involved, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. And then you just get it until it feels right rather than looks right or anything else. I mean, there's certain fighters that pads work much better for. Someone like George, he's a, he's a long range puncher. There's other fighters that, you know, you could, you could do a lot of bag work with them like Josh Taylor, for instance, but I would always do the pads with him, but he could get fit and get sharp on bags, whereas the bag stops you. It shortens your punches and you can you can get lazy on the bag. And you can also throw shots without really processing anything. You can think, oh, I'm just going to throw a one, two, three, four. Like, when do you ever throw four punches with a hook on the end of it in a fight? Because, yeah, <laughs> I could. When did George ever throw four punches? He's like, he'd throw two, drop back two, and someone like Luke Campbell is the same. It was there's phases, and if you've got a bag that's not moving, you, you get lazy on it. You know, I'll go jab, faint, step in with a one, two, roll out, then hit, hit your next phase, and it's it's sequence. But at the same time, like we can f get it flowing for like eight rounds, and it's at my pace. And it's not at their pace. And that's the thing about pad work. It's like when you're on the bag, you're conducting the pace. When you're inspiring and you're better than somebody, you're still conducting the pace. But when you're at the elite level, you might conduct it for a minute, but then someone else that he's taken over for a minute and then it's back and forth. And the great the beauty about pad work is that you're just reacting and you've got to fight at the pace that the coach sets. If you're doing good pads with a good pad man, like that's they're there to dictate the pace and um, to make you work. So I was doing pads with Shane and he would get me to fill the gaps. Like That was something that we worked on quite a lot once I moved with Shane. I wanted to be more, um, get back to being a little bit more of an explosive fighter. So less volume. Um, and at the time he was training Carl Frampton and Josh Taylor who threw hundreds and hundreds of shots. But obviously it, and it also then started working with David Hay who wants to throw less punches than I do. But how do we keep activity up by being an aggressive counterpuncher? You've got to press the guy and get them to force force them to to make a move, and you do that behind varying the power, varying the speed sometimes of the shots, and lots of feints. Mm -hmm. So I'd be trying to twitch Shane out on the pads. Like if I can get him to lean in for that jab that ain't coming, that's a win for me. I'm seasoned. I could old. I can old man it a bit on the pads. So he could old man it. He could really kill, yeah, kill the clock a touch. Uh, I, what I used to do with him is I figured him out. So I was like, all right, we'll do sequences. So we'll do reps rather than rounds. We'll just do reps because if I was on if I was on rounds of him, he'd go, oh, I'll snap that jab there, and then I'll give him a little touch and a touch, and I'll say just one touch, and then snap the jab again. He would touch, touch, touch. I'm thinking, come on, George, you just killed ten seconds there. Another jab, and he's snap that one, and then he's whoop, he'll shorten the range, nudge me. I'm thinking. This isn't what we There's need to do There's only 20 seconds left. <laughs> yeah, but, but it worked. <laughs> no, but then what I started to realise is I'd say, all right, well, what we'll do is we'll go 
jab, jab up, jab down, feint down, jab up. We're all, and then we'll work out five phase combination or sequence, roll out, and then we'll say, all right, start it again. Do it 10 times. That's that's the quality of, of high-end pad work, I think. It's not volume. You're not just working on, you know, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. It's holding your form, being able to twitch and step and move and, and feint and, and end shoot, which is so important, which I always found really difficult to do on the bag because the bag doesn't navigate much around. Doesn't react. Doesn't react, doesn't <laughs> do anything. And, and it's usually fixed to a wall, so you can only really go one step one way, two yeah. steps back. Whereas pad work, you know, if, if Shane's going to press me, then I've got to bounce off that back leg, drift around to my right, or I'm going to step to the left. And then if he, he's in control, so all of a sudden he doesn't come to me and I've got to then cover that distance, but do it correctly. You're not going to just leap in or get stuck on the front foot. And then even though the activity might not be as high as some others, the brain activity had to be there because you're, you are thinking if this pad goes up, boom, I'm going to have to hit it, you know. That was the, the most fun you could have really in boxing apart from sparring when you're fit would be, would be pad work. So even if you came in you was unfit, you can... You could, well, you, you punched might... the other week, didn't you? About oh, a couple of months hello. ago. Hello, exclusive. Yeah, I came in, I came in and punched. Come track. Yeah, Shane, Shane was amazed. He couldn't believe how, how, how good I was and how <laughs> his I... His right hand still, still fires still out going. quick and his jab, but it's, you know... We talk about a few shots. I mean, we were talking about quite. He's really filling the gaps now. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fitness. <laughs> in there. I think that's and, the name of this podcast, isn't it? Yeah. The, filling the, the gaps. <laughs> filling the gaps. Yeah. He <laughs> made a made a career no, out of I, it. I got really excited because it was it was building in my head. So I popped down the gym a lot. Not mm. as much as you should. Like do, David yeah. Brent. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> do you date your dog? <laughs> Shane moved his gym to the other side of London. I yeah, mean, I can't London. say I wasn't heartbroken, but <laughs> I've got I've got him got videos of him on the pads of Daniel and Lawrence and Caroline. You struggle with the Southport pads, didn't you? Southport, I'm working on it. I got a dad. Couple. Dad used to do the same. I remember Kenny Egan come over and did two weeks training with me, and Dad was doing pads with me every day, and we were doing sparring me and Kenny, and then like Dad would try and take him on the pads. <laughs> he just couldn't. He just well, couldn't, it's like, interesting what does. Let his, as a southpaw, yeah. so when you have a southpaw boxer, do you pad them orthodox or do you turn southpaw? Sometimes I'll Depends. turn southpaw, yeah. but, and then most of the time I'll stay orthodox. and It's just a different thing, but it is just all backwards. But if you're doing it, I mean, I've had Luke Campbell, Josh Taylor, Caroline Dubois. I'm trying to think of any other southpaws I've had over the can't time. Forget That's them. enough. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot. I've done a lot of southpaw pads, so it's it's different. I let them whack my chest, don't I? I always, say to, I always put the pad up there because I sort of do this stop shot for a southpaw. Campbell used to love it. He'd go, whack! <laughs> I remember him saying to you, it's great, just like this, you thump, thump his chest. So hold on, stop, sort of talk us through that. So you're standing in, in orthodox. Yeah. And the, so the boxer, like so Luke Campbell, so what's he, what's he throwing there? When, when an orthodox fighter is throwing a jab, mm-hmm. you're taking your head off the line and you're meeting them with a the backhand. So you're coming on the outside of your, your jab and landing a land in the yeah, left hand over yeah, the side, okay. Yeah, so, well, down the middle. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a great thing for a southpaw to be able to do that shot, but, if you can generate, if you're in the right position, right, right balance, and you can generate the, the power on it, it's, it makes a, an orthodox fighter really hesitant to throw their jab. So we know George can punch with both hands. Let's just assume you're the biggest puncher he's ever had. But you're also what, had, what's the assume? You've, like <laughs> you've also had David Hay, like you mentioned, pound for, pound for pound. I would say George is oh. one of the best. Yeah, but the problem is, is when it's pound for pound. You know mm. what I mean? Because yeah. he would come in at fourteen. <laughs> And a half stone. No, nah, never that heavy. He's throwing me under the bus. 14, most, most of fourteen camp- five. Well, did he punch? Did he punch harder at fourteen five than he did? Um, no, not no. really. No, he would. He difference. would. He would really hold his power. Like that's that's a sign of a proper puncher. Like Lawrence Coley's like that. It's like doesn't matter if he's 
I've you know he's been close to 17 stone before like out of shape don't get me wrong but like he just punches no matter what weight he is he's just always thumping uh, and George is the same just genuine sort of because you would think that they would punch more when they're heavier but then actually sometimes the speed's not there and it's just very like weighty but there's no snap in it and then you've got other fighters like Frampton for instance he would he would be a heavy puncher when he was like 10 and a half 11 stone and then when he'd get down to anything below 9 9 he just wasn't the same puncher and I think that's just a natural puncher because he's someone like George or Lawrence is a they've got proper whip in their shots and and that's where the power really comes from David Hay how was he as a puncher pretty hard puncher Mm. yeah but just Um, less of them no, just I, I got David when he was spare parts, where he's broken parts. His body wasn't able to generate the same force. I mean, you could feel the weight in the shots, but like David was um, a reactive reflex fighter, and he got most of his knockouts. If you if you watch, he would get most of his knockouts when he would be punching sort of over people's jabs or with people. He obviously had very very heavy hands to knock heavyweights out, but. It was a timing and and a, and a reflex sort of thing, so it was a lot of speed in it. But yeah, someone like Daniel punches a lot harder than David if you just put the pad there. Like Daniel's a proper heavyweight; he's a proper seventeen and a half stone lean heavyweight. So you know the thing about boxing is that people don't just put their head there; they're constantly moving it, and you've got to keep your power when someone's moving moving around. When I used to do pads with Shane, lots of the shots would arc, either arc up or arc down. So if it was a big, like, punching through the target right hand, it would there'd be, like, a, a slight dip on it at the end. So Shane's got to try and catch that on the pad. And if it sort of skims the top of the pad, it would end up hitting him full flush in the forearm. In the forearm. It felt like... <laughs> I don't know what it's like to punch a salmon, but I can imagine this is what it feels like to punch a salmon. And just Shane's, Shane's forearm, sometimes it would go in and I'd have to apologise. <laughs> say, sorry, mate. <laughs> He'd just go, it's fine, it's fine. And I know he's thinking, oh, you... Fuck. My salmon is bruised. Uh, since I've retired, Shane, have you... Uh, is anyone else um, punching the salmon? Punching the salmon. <laughs> or is there anything else like that that you've noticed fighters uh, are doing to you on the pads? Yeah, I think my forearms have probably got the greatest chin of all time <laughs> it's taken repetitive, it. uh, re- repetitive impact over the years but I take my wrists up oh I used to take them up a lot more than I do now I'm using slightly longer pads so it sort of covers my wrist now I've sort of spoke to a guy called Josh Matt Fly and I've sort of designed pads over the years and just said make them this way I oh, really yeah, use, we, use fly pads yeah but I, I, I tell him the way I, I want the pads to be made yeah but we make them like don't Please don't make them like that. Just make them exactly <laughs> how I need them. <laughs> and then there's a guy called Sergio uh, Sergio Garibe in LA, and um, Freddie Roach gave me his number. And it's uh, his pads are just amazing. You know, he's um, you know same same as Fly. The two that those are the two best pads I've um, I've ever used. So yeah, look, people. I mean, Lawrence Acoli likes a forearm shot. I could, I could see that. Mm. Who else? Yeah, he likes to turn it down. Anthony Fowler likes to turn the shots down. I mean, look, when they come out of GB, everyone punches up. It's really terrible. It's, Interesting. It, 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 it frustrates me. Josh Taylor used to just boop, boop, punch up, and Caroline punches up. I'm just, turn the shot over. All oh, right, know, turn so you the knuckle that, yeah? down. Yeah, I used to watch Cole Frotch do shadow boxing, mm. and then John O'Donnell, who uh, was training alongside Frotch, um, trained by Rob McCracken, and he used to do this jab where he's literally a vertical, vertical punch. It, it was bizarre to me. I, I, I never got round to asking him why. I know like what. I know, tick, I, I, the way the way I would see it is, I reckon they're thinking about if you punch up, your shoulders high, so your chin's down. But drop your chin, 
rather than raise your shoulder. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> We're using totally different muscles, aren't you, to get your arm up? Yeah, and no, your arms no, out. Yeah. And is it to strengthen the shoulder in that over-exaggerated position? In the amateurs, right, you want to have a... Um, they call it sort of... like You want to try and break the guard and lift the head up. So if they think, all right, let's try and pop the shot up. But that's you want length sim- as well, don't you? Yeah, but that's it? simply just to drive the head up to break the guard, basically. Whereas in pro boxing, there's Vaseline, sweat on the gloves the gloves are smaller they don't stick as much and they slide off so everything you do has to be emphasized down because if it hits the top of the head it's most likely going to slide down hit the chin and if it misses it's hitting the chest so i would always say aim for the chest because people most of the time in pro boxing they're tired they don't want to drop back with their feet they're going to dip who in the gym at the moment has got terrible accuracy and you're like, look, can you please just punch the logo in the middle oh, of the pad? But the- Hassan. Hassan and Lawrence. <laughs> that, so I forgot, Hassan I, forgot, Azim, I forgot to say Hassan also loves a forearm shot. You ever had one on the button? Yeah, I've had a few over the years. They yeah. say it's a sign of a good coach, though, if you, yeah. if you end up hitting them. That's the thing. I mean, if you talk about pad work, like you've got certain people that are taking pads and they look like they're conducting planes. They're sort of like hands are way out wide and they're, sort of, they're almost petrified or their hands are way out in front. But you've got to make the target small. Um, you've got to get your shoulder over the pad almost or at least level level to the height unless you're padding someone big but you've still got to try and replicate a small target and with that you know people will definitely slide you know they slide them through every now and again but like not as much in the in the last sort of few years I think I've just managed to get out I mean Daniel's missed me a few times and I've I've genuinely like saw my life flash before my eyes <laughs> um, and I'm not even joking about that he's like skimmed me and I'm thinking <gasps> Have you ever thought about in one of those busy days how many times you'll be hit in the hands? How many shots you're taking in a day on the pads? No, I haven't. That's a good point. I, I, it's no. got to be thousands. Yeah, I would say. So. I mean, well, I mean, if you're averaging, reckon? if you're for the smaller guys, uh, averaging eighty to hundred punches a round at least, because and then it's it, pads and then you work out the rounds, and you say you've got five guys in today, and they've all done eight rounds each. So could be as many as four thousand punches. Um which is and, and they're they're punches that if you were sparring, they're punches that have hit you bang on the chin. Imagine like no one's mm. touch, 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 like like you you know, or you've pulled away from the shot like you do in sparring. These are the pad the pads are there to take it and shoulders are still, Shane. Mate, I, I honestly hey, like I, I get treated um by a guy called um Ben Carraway and he just keeps looking at me and thinking, oh, it's just like it's only a matter of time, Shane. I think my body's fresher now than it was a few years ago. A few years ago, it was like it was really in a bad way. And now I'm like, I don't know what, how it's managed to happen. It's like, it's probably gone so far past it. Have you ever heard about David Goggins? Yeah. How he just runs through the pain? Yeah, that's and you. like You're the pad man, David Goggins. Well, something similar. I went to see Sean Murphy once, Anthony Joshua's first coach from Finchley. First thing in the morning, I went to interview him. And he's in. He's got his arm, forearms in a sink full of ice. He says he has to do it every day. So that, you reckon you might be an ice man one day? Your forearms and your ankle, your wrists and your shoulders. The uh, the hitman, ice yeah. man. Yeah, that would be you. The oh, that might end up being me. Yeah. Does your pad work evolve, or do you go through cycles maybe of like padding guys a particular way, uh, where you know I don't know you might be set on a couple of combinations, or you've seen something in. Ellie that you really like and you're like right well I'm going to try and adapt this and then we're going to get this into Lawrence Acoli you've always got to look at their makeup and, and, and see Ellie's got she's got short arms she's a sort of she's got great feet 
for her to make that transition from long range to short range, she's not going to be able to keep her arm out and she's not going to be able to jab. Like She can jab to a certain extent, but she has to shorten the range and she does that with her feet. So you need to work on sort of phases with her, footwork sort of phases. If you look at someone like Lawrence Okoli or Hassan, for instance, it's like you need to keep range on your shots because they've got really long wingspan. They can both punch. And if they start doing what Ellie does and trying to go in and out, it'd just be pointless so different pads for different people is there anyone Shane who you've seen online other trainers or otherwise that you think oh, that's really good when I first started coaching I used to look at Freddie Roach and Manny Pacquiao and I think oh that's great and then I'd look at Manny Stewart and I think it's incredible as well and I would look at all of these different styles and I think and of course you can take a little bit from everyone but I kind of found my system and I don't really want to, not even a system, I've just get to know certain fighters and think, all right, they need to work on this, they need to work on that. And I think if I was now to start watching other people and thinking, oh, maybe I'll start trying to do that feint or this combination or, yeah, it just wouldn't be me. Instagram is very, pads are very trendy on Instagram, aren't they? Pads, I hate it. Yeah. I oh, thought you might say that. I hate it. I call it happy pads. What's the definition of happy pads? Feel good pads. And that's the thing. Like, If you want to be a boxing coach, genuinely, if you want to be a boxing coach, give up your day job as a PT. Don't do pad work with normal people, normal civilians, <laughs> uh, because they, they don't know how to punch and you're, and you're and there's no quality in it and you're going through the motions and it's making you a worse coach. Public workouts where you, you get the pads out. Mm. Um, I, when me and you sit, I never like to do a lot. I mean, I never used to like to show the good work. He'd try and do it all southpaw, <laughs> and he's not a good southpaw. <laughs> <laughs> Just not on the pads. I mean, I can do everything He'd say on the southpaw. <laughs> on the <laughs> bag, I'm amazing southpaw. He said, let's just do this one southpaw. I'm like, as if, mate, you're going to jump out and box Eubank southpaw. Like, no one's <laughs> going to read into that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, you have fighters who are really excited, fighters that you've got at the moment. Are they really excited about the open workout and they want to put it all on the table? Or is there... Yeah, the Azeems, they love a public workout. Oh, God, are we going to do the public workout? And this one, for instance, in Bournemouth, I just said, like, forgot to bring the gloves, mate. <laughs> what? I said, so you're just going to jump up and shadow box? Oh, all right. It's the best bit of shadow box you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's more of an enthusiastic thing, isn't it? It's like if they're new to the game, fresh to the game, they want to go up there and they want to sort of showcase their skills and look at me, you know. But other people, as they get further on, they think, Do you know what? Like, as they get further on their career, they're much tighter on the weight and they're just thinking, oh, it's Wednesday. I've had three days of being really hungry. I do not want to get up there and do a public workout in front of people. I just want to make sure I get my sessions done and make the weight so you can get refueled and, and ready for the weekend. So, um, yeah, youth is probably a, a factor of that. Shame we've spoke about happy pads. After the break, can we talk about Mayweather pads? Let's talk Mayweather pads. I, you'll know what I mean by that. Anyone who doesn't know what I mean by Mayweather pads, I'm sure we can get a link in the description or something. But Mayweather pads is its own category, Shane. Mm. Now, what do you think of the Mayweather pads? Which we don't say anymore because he's retired. I mean, who's a world champion that's come out of Mayweather gym recently? Javante Davis. But has he? No, actually, he would be with Calvin Ford in, in Baltimore, Maine. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the only one is... Badu De Jack. Devin Haney. Devin Haney, yeah. Badu Jack doesn't fight like Mayweather. Yeah. I mean, like the only one is realistically is Devin Haney. Do you, do you know how many kids go in that gym? Like honestly, I've been to the Mayweather gym. It's the busiest gym I've ever been to. It's even busier than Wildcard gym. So does that prove that the system? 
uh, for me, it proves that the system isn't up to scratch. Like if you are going to have a system, it's not up to scratch. So it works for incredibly gifted athletes. Devin Haney's a very, very, very talented kid. Floyd Mayweather was probably the ta most talented boxer. Um, his dad was slightly less talented and didn't achieve much and had exactly the same style. So I just think like everyone wants to be like Mayweather. People want to hold their hand down there. But yeah, it only works for him, really. Mayweather's obviously been around a long time. He's been doing that pad rep for a long time. But people forget that he had to... It took him a long time to break, you know. It took him a long time to sort of make it. I feel like that pad work was just a performance. And I yeah, always was, wondered, yeah. like, are you doing other pads away from the spotlight? Because, I mean, if you could just reel off an endless combination for the non-boxing person to watch, even a lot of young boxers would look at it and go... That is phenomenal. Like he just, he doesn't miss a punch, but he just touch, 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 touch. And there is a, there is definitely an, an element to it of being that you, calm and being, yeah. yeah there's, there's attributes to it that, that you can definitely take from it. But I always wondered, like, he's not throwing a real punch. There must be, he must be doing some other pads. And if he wasn't, it's just because, as you say, Shane, he was that yeah. talented fighter who could get away with only doing that. And they'd probably doing a lot, a lot of sparring with the sparring, bigger guys. They would spar like he would spar like seven seven minute rounds that's just like <laughs> most days so you're like all at his own pace though like you mentioned yeah, earlier it doesn't no, would, would no it? he's his own pace because this is Cause that's how good he was yeah boxing's a skilled sport if you're more skilled than someone you can conduct the pace so like he could spar seven rounds he'd spar seven minutes and then call it call it time whenever he wanted but like all right get a fresh body in but that's where he's learning it's like a you know up GB, for instance, like they're not getting much pad work. They're getting a little bit of pads, a little bit of bags, but they're getting sparring every day with quality opposition. You're only going to get better or you're, or you're going to sink or swim. You see the kids up there prevailing more and you see the ones that aren't as talented going backwards. And it's the same in some a gym like maybe with this gym. It's either if you're really talented, you're going you're gonna to just massively excel. And then the ones that aren't quite there, they're going to dig digress. Their value to those to those pads though, where he's doing like five hundred punches and. Well, there is, there is. I mean, like, there's a technique and a timing and and, and staying relaxed, thinking. as Shane said. And um, it's just if you're holding your form and your um, posture correctly for a sustained amount of time, then then that's great. But there's, I always think you got to hit hard on the pads, and you got to be a, you got to punch hard in in the pro game. Mayweather, as I say, at the start of his career, when before he made it, had to punch hard at times. You know, he had to put people away. It was only when he sort of cracked it after after De La Hoya and Hatton where. He sort of he could play it a little bit safer at times, and there was fights where you think I oh, can get rid of him, but he, he doesn't need to, and he won't. But yeah, there's, I mean, it's nice, and he looks great on, on on camera. So if I could do it as well as Mayweather, I'll You'd do, do it, it every yeah. public workout because I'm like <laughs> in Southport. Yeah, Southport <laughs> <laughs> blindfold. Yeah, he probably could. Do you know what I mean, I think you're right. From a defensive standpoint, it's good because you're tipping, and every now and again, you oh, you sort of miss a shot and pull a shot, and you know it's not going to make your jab better. It's not going to make your right hand better. It's not going to make your punch power better. It might make your punch output slightly better, and defensively, and and most importantly, you're holding your form for long periods of time. So, uh, the main factors that you want from pad work, there's maybe two boxes ticked, but not another four or five. Abel Sanchez used to have that the round pad and Golovkin used to yeah. whack it and I never really saw much else of that and now you see a lot of Alvarez doing the same thing where he's, he's mainly whacking a bag the pad work style vary with each gym have you noticed in, when, with the professionals in the gyms I don't really go to other gyms but I think looking at like looking at 
people like Dominic Ingle, he's got a system. As I said, Boo's got a system. Um, if you go to America, they're all pretty fast hands in America, aren't they? But they've all quite flat-footed. So that, for me, tells me that they're doing a lot of pad work stationary. So they're not, the coaches are moving, he's, he's rattling off combinations, but they're holding their feet. You know, pad work has to be as live and as real as possible. I don't like my fighters to spar that much, so, you know, as much as, as, much as they would probably in America. So I, I'm going to get more out of them on pads. I just think from wear and tear and longevity you know, of their career, it's better for them not to, not to spar. Like, you know, we might do six weeks of sparring, but... In the States, they just spar all year round. Even if they're not in camp, they'll just they'll still be sparring because it's like more of a macho thing. So yeah, I think you know different different pad work in different continents, as it as it were. Mexico, for instance, you've got people like have you ever seen a Nacho Berestein's yeah. gym? Like it's all slow, but everything's long. Boom, boom, big long whippy shots, but there's no like snap in it. But anyway, it worked. He's got you know loads of world champions. He's had some of the best fighters of our era um, come out of Mexico, like Marquez, his brother. He's he's got a whole host of them. So um, if you go to Germany, it's very much hands up high, catch and fire. Felix Sturm, like Arthur Abrahams, people like that. The way they coach is different. So um, yeah, I mean like. We're probably more adaptable than the other continents. Do you know what I mean? We we'll look at other things and think that's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. We're not really stubborn. Whereas I think like because there's probably more coaches. Obviously not as many as in America, but over here there's probably more coaches than there are in the likes of Germany and and places like that. So you have got big dudes in the gym now, real big dudes. Should we rank them? Can we rank them in terms of? Um, yeah, I mean, if you want them to come around your house and beat you up, we can rank them. What what's going to be the question though? Because I don't want it to be hardest puncher. It could be more like nicest bloke. Who, <laughs> who's beating up your beating up your pads? Who, who's knocking the stuffing out your pads the most? We go with Dubois, Coley, Hay. Where do we draw the line though? Because Billum Smith's a Billum Smith's in. Billum Smith's definitely in. in. Yeah. Because Billum Smith is. Um, Was he 6'3, 6'4, something like that? Billum Smith? 6'3, yeah. yeah. He's a 100 kilo yeah. man now, yeah. yeah. He wasn't that when he joined. Like when he joined, now, yeah. he's just grown into the cruiserweight division. <laughs> Big old boy. How, so how tall are you, Shane? 5'10. 5'10. So, like, a Coley is just over, maybe. He's massive, isn't he? A Coley's 6'5 and a half. Yeah. But he's got a 6 foot. Nine or six foot eleven wingspan. Yeah, he's uh, got long arms. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Dubois got long arms as well. Mm. He's six foot four, and I, he says he's six foot five. <laughs> yeah, and then what? Hay was probably only the same size as Chris, wasn't he? Six, six, six two, three, six yeah. three. No, no he's six about, three. Yeah, about six three. Yeah. How does that change the game from a pad work perspective? Well, David used to try and get me on these bloody stilts. Oh yeah, did you ever get them? Yeah, he did, but the it, old Salas wasn't ones. really for me. They, they, um, they were the Adam Booth ones. Do you know what oh, it was? Course. Do you know what it was with David? He's he's clever, so he would realise that if I was in flats like normal shoes, that I would be moving my feet. So he thought, I tell you what, I'll get on these stilts because then I can move my feet around him, and it's just like a big walking zombie to coming towards me. These were some kinky <laughs> Soho sort of stilettos. Yeah, wedge they yeah, they, they um, like a grunge, grunging yeah. grunge platform, like an eat. Yeah. And then when he was preparing for a Valuev, who's seven foot two, didn't matter if you put your hands like right above your head, um, you should probably still need an extra six inches. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's hard to be uh, hypermobile in them. I can imagine. Mm. But I don't um, think value of you. Was, you was took it? you took them home to break them in, didn't you, for the weekend? <laughs> like, wandering <laughs> and wandering around. Absolutely. <laughs> Salas had him as well, didn't he? For he's for got him. his own specific one made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had his made, did he? Yeah. yeah. They're like Olympic lifting platforms. That I think he's got a new ones now that are like um, Adidas ones that he's 
a sort of like weightlifting shoes and he's just like pushed them down. Do you know what I mean? So just like made like a massive platform out of them. But yeah, it's it's not really for me. Who's the fastest? Who's got the fastest hand speed in the gym right now? Adam try and Azeem. Catch Adam Azim, yeah? Adam Azim, he's rapid. I can imagine the Azim brothers have a different pair of gloves for most sessions and then they will try and colour coordinate your pads as well because they've got like I've got some purple gloves in here today Shane could you wear these purple mitts for me just so we can get it on the ground and we both look the bollocks (laughs) yeah they're not that bad Uh, (laughs) yeah I mean Adam Adam just likes to wear uh, winning gloves he sits and just watches Mayweather all the time so he's thinking Mayweather hits pads and winning gloves I'm going to hit pads and winning gloves Mm. they got a little bit more of a stick the thumb position's quite nice and it's a little bit softer on the on the on the knuckles as well. So they yeah, are good for brown the fingers and that, yeah. I mean, I could talk all day and so could George about gloves, about leather. When I'm speaking to the guys that are designing the gloves, I'm saying I want thick, hard leather on this. I don't want a thin leather that feels nice like a Bentley's like seats. I want like a horrible hardened leather that's like it's almost like cheap leather because that's slashing that's horrible like feels nasty when you when you get hit with it winning gloves they've kind of got like this lacquer on them that sort of sticks so do mx gloves so for f- certain fighters that are more in the pocket fighters I'll they're the everlast ones right yeah i'll get them to favor those gloves if they're if they're like george someone like that likes to keep it at range it's the same thing with pads i mean if you've got a pad that's got a certain type of leather you can deflect it Whereas, like, I would deflect a lot of shots that George would come as they were coming in. I would literally just try and slide the shot off because it's getting him used to letting the shoulder go through, rolling his head out. Whereas, someone like Chris or Josh Taylor and stuff, I would shorten the shots and make them shorten the range because they were mid to short range fighters. So, back to that point about the amateurs when you're like, oh, really, do I want to do pads? And they give you a combination, you're like, it's illogical, right? <laughs> like, he's like, I want you to throw a one-two, whip a left hook to the body, right uppercut, then step round to your left. I'm like, mate, hold on. <laughs> my weight's now on the right side. How am I going to pick my legs up? Round, round to the right, then right hook, lift your elbow, turn your head away, come back with a one-two-three-four. Yeah, can we just, let's keep it real basic, shall we? We can Simplify just do one-two, one-two hook. Yeah, the one-two, one-two hook, in and out, power endurance. We'll do that for three minutes, yeah? That's it. That's it's literally it. Boxing is about that. It's it's about saying, all right, well, especially with the bigger weights, it's like don't overcomplicate things. You got to work for the jab. I'll have a thing where I'll literally walk around as, as a warm up. We'll say, all right, give me thirty perfect jabs, and I'll walk to them, and they've got to create space, create space, snap the jab. Then I walk back, and they've got to track me, and then they've got a jab, and it, like and, until we hit thirty perfect jabs, and it can all. That's just like. That's your warm-up now. Then we'll start doing the more um, sort of complicated or, or complex pads. Or I'll say maybe let's do 30 jabs. And that ta- that could take anywhere as, like, as much as five minutes. And then we go like one-twos. Give me 10 perfect one-twos. And then we'll say, all right, I want a one-two hook. Give me another 10 perfect one-two hooks. Lastly, on the, the biggest pad of all, the body bag, you mentioned it earlier. Are you a body, body bag fan, body belt fan? Yeah, well, Yes, sort of. It's a, it's a good tool, but it must be horrible to yeah. wear. <laughs> I used to wear it a lot more. I'm getting a bit more tired. Looks like he gives it to I, Josh Pritchard now. Yeah. But he's, too, go, he's too short for most of them. 
because Lawrence hitting him he, in the body. He has like to wear it up around his head almost. <laughs> Josh is taking it. Yeah. I mean, look, there was like, Josh Taylor used to love the body belt. Frampton enjoyed the body belt. George, and we would do those drills, wouldn't we? We would do like a, early on in your time with me, we would do this this system where it would be like, all right, you're going to do a minute on the pads, then a minute on the body belt. And at the time we had Stevie B there, didn't we? Yeah. So we would do a minute on the pads and me, a minute on the body belt, and then back to a minute on the pads. And we would do like 12 threes in it and it would be horrible. It would be like a proper grafting session. Have I got lazy? I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't so. Know. I, I brought in, I had a really lovely, and I think Shane's still got winning it, one. winning one. I haven't wore that since Daniel you, you, nearly did And he was, quite, he was quite excited. Do you know like when you got a new toy and Shane's like, oh yeah, well, I'll try that on. And then he wore it for a while and I think the novelty's wore off now maybe. <laughs> yeah, it, do you know what it is? It, I body spa them. So when I really can't be bothered. Undefeated. To, well, not sure about that. When I can't be bothered to do pads, <laughs> and they're far out from the camp I'll just go oh just alright let's just body spa he yeah. goes oh let's just body spa he's got to bed early the night yeah. before he's got up he's had his porridge oats he's had double espresso and they've rolled Creatine in he's gone guess what's happening today words. lads yeah I mean I ended up doing like I think I did 20, 27 minutes straight with CBS oh. but he was in elite so he was in 10 ounce gloves and I put these silly 14s on and I think he cracked my stern, like not my sternum. It felt like he <laughs> my soul. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He cracked my soul. But you know, what? I, I stood in there. But show no weakness. Yeah. Definitely he, the CBS. He, cra- he cracked face. me up like like right on the top rib, and I was like, Ugh. I, I sort of let it go, and and I saw oh, horrible, horrible man. Yeah. Ten ounce gloves on as well. But he to- said, he, he, give, I'll, give, I'll give him his credit. He said, Oh, do you want me to change gloves? And I went, Oh no. Only be a few minutes, no, and then t- I didn't feel it at all. No, didn't, it was, didn't, it was only a few weakness. minutes, and then next thing you know, we're like twenty-seven minutes in. It's like, all right, who's going to break first? Do you reckon it's time, Do you reckon we completed the the padwork chat? I reckon it might be time for you're up feature. for a feature, Shane. Go on then, mate. Deck, this is the first feature of this series. <sighs> I'm going to set the bar real high with this one. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Here's What's the, the official feature. Here's, here's the, the official feature is Shane reaction. <laughs> Larry Holmes jab or Mayweather shoulder roll. Larry Holmes jab. Mark Wahlberg abs or a salmon skin roll? Shane Samba fillet. A Delahoya hook or a Gerald McLennan right hand? Gerald McLennan right hand. Lawrence O'Coley's new book or Superfast Broadband? The other. <laughs> George Grove's grit or a Zine Bro's skipping skills? George Grove's grit. A membership at CrossFit or a George Foreman Grills? George Foreman Grills every day. Pacquiao hand speed or Carlos Monzon chin? Oh, hand speed, Pacquiao's. DVD of Creed. Or change your name to McLovin. McLovin every day of the week. What are you, Seal? <laughs> <laughs> Bernard Hopkins shoulder nudge. Yeah. Or a Holyfield body snatch. Holyfield body snatch. A tub of Irish butter fudge or a danger mouse eye patch. I don't know either. <laughs> I'll go with the Irish fudge. I thought you would have grown up with fudge he at stumped, some point. He snubbed the, the Irish fudge. He snubbed the fudge. Uh, that's it. Well done. Well done. I think you win. We spoke about pads for that long, yeah. but we found out so much more about Shane. Yeah, in the Shane, Shane reaction. reaction. I'm gonna find I'm gonna find my list of of features. Yeah, that I, I think we should because, because that some of these were inspired, and it's a shame that they won't be sort of immortalized by Shane himself. But the one I remember off the top of my head, George, while you're looking through that, is one that you came up with that was called "Can Shane Supernova." But we couldn't think of we couldn't think of an astrology themed feature, so we had to bin it. But it's fucking great. No, we've you know we're going to get your dad on. I know can hold a note. Your granddad obviously was a, was a touring musician. Mm. Your brother Blaine is in a band. Yeah, maybe still. 
No, he's not. He's not. But he does still play music. My missus sings as well. So musical family, music's yeah. in his blood and in his future blood. He's married into it. Can Shane Supernova? So, um, could you sing um, Blur no. Tender for us? <laughs> <laughs> for your current fighters, and yeah. you've got a lot of them now, so you might have to put together a, a bigger sample. Who's playing what in Can Shane Supernova band, the McGuigan Jim band? CBS can play the piano. I can play the drums. Who's the front man? Or woman in that. I'm, Fowler, I'm going. I, no, I, I'm going. Robbie Davies. Yeah, yeah Robbie Davies. Look, he? He, he can. He can. He can hold a bit of a tune. He's still and got, still got a he's got a good. Do- yeah, we'll have to grow that one back he's out. He looks like something out of Jarhead at the moment. But um, <laughs> where did the Dubois? Yeah, anything for Daniel? Daniel's on the door. <laughs> no, no, no. He's in the. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's on the door. Um, I could no, I, they, thought, they, I thought the du, uh, the Dubois would be backing vocals somewhere. Just uh, harmonising. Car- Car- Caroline can probably be on the decks. Like she, she can be, <laughs> she can be the sound engineer. She loves, she loves music. Um, Ellie, band manager potentially. <laughs> Pritchard is just he's got not a musical bone in his body. Well, good job we didn't pick Can Shane Supernova as the official Supernova, feature, but he will before we go. He's going to sing. Yeah, sing his favourite Oasis song. One that also f- fell through the cracks was Yank My Shane, where we were going to tell you American boxers who were named after the, the place they came from. See if you know him. I could think of only two. Like who? Like Eastern Assassin. Who was that again? We just um, mentioned him actually. Uh, Larry Holmes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, from Eastern, and then it fell down. Eastern Assassin because he. He was beating up all the Eastern fighters. Yeah. No Shane, no gains. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got in there? All aboard the Shane train. That, gonna... <laughs> that, that, that train's fucking left the platform, yeah, All aboard the Shane train. In Shane in the membrane. That was good. That was good. But, yeah, uh, was but, good. What, what, but the thing is, you've got to then reverse engineer a feature out of it, so you can't just... This is the problem with George. He just comes up with these... Random these funny things. things and then someone Trust else has me, to do the work. we used to go out and do these five milers and then it would become like six miles and eight milers and, and, and when we got to that hour and a half long run it was just... It was mental. I'll tell you right. what he's telling them about, right? This is the before my last fight, I uh, wasn't able to train properly because I had a significant shoulder don't injury. Make, don't make any yeah. excuses. You mentioned so that I took before. Shane, I, t- I had these set, these set long sweat runs that I used to do, and Shane, I knew Shane was concerned with me because he openly volunteered to come on this long boring run with me, right? <laughs> so uh, I'm layered up, and we go down from my house, we go down to Richmond, we run up the Nightingale Lane. I was really excited to show Shane my little run because it was quite good. But then I tried to deviate on a different route back and it put like 15 minutes on this long sweat run. And even he was like, are we fucking nearly home, please? I was like, yeah, and I'm... Oh, what Hungry would be, and sweating. I mean, yeah, I was so tired. But Joe, like when you're, you, you've tried to impress someone, or you know, tried to show him something cool, and you <laughs> fucked it him up. Off. And he's like, oh yeah, sorry about that, mate. That was a bit, that was a bit rubbish. He's done it so what well. Running um, in Saudi, where Pritchard broke his foot. <laughs> yeah, we went running in, in Jeddah, Jeddah for the Cheddar, and um, Pritchard did what got severe FOMO. Have you ever heard this so much FOMO that he went running with us with a broken foot? He's <laughs> like, are you sure you're all right, mate? He goes, no, I'm, I'm fine. He couldn't. <laughs> even walk straight <laughs> oh, was funny. and then uh, we said look you, you don't need to come on the second run like he's like no I've got to, you know I've got, I can't miss it it's like you can miss it you will miss it like otherwise you won't make the fight he broke his foot <laughs> how <laughs> he did he do it wearing probably cheap trainers yeah, how did he do it like yeah. 
dodgy trainers. What, while running or just like, generally? Like uh, a stress factor. Yeah, it was a stress factor. And the, the, luckily, we had knee. Kevin Lidlow out there, didn't we? He was just like, yeah, you've you've just had a stress factor on your foot. Hot, though, that. Running out in Saudi. In yeah, it was a sweat run. Yeah, proper it sweat run. Sweaty run, mate. It was, uh, it was really humid there, wasn't it? The bit yeah. we were staying in. And then if we went to the mall one day, back when you could buy watches without waiting for like three-year wait list and Shane, mm. Shane, me and Shane went watch that. Yeah. And uh, it was fucking hot. It was so hot. Like once you got away from the little sea breeze that we were sitting next to or whatever, lake breeze. I can't remember. That is sea, isn't it, Jeddah? Yeah. Mm. Jeddah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah, yeah. Shane, thanks so much for coming in, man. That was, yeah, that that was, was brilliant. Shane. Insightful and good fun. Like old times. Well, George, first guest off to a flyer. Pad work chat. Who would have thought someone would know so much about holding pads? I knew Shane knew that much about holding pads. I uh, I really enjoyed that deck. Did you? I did. And I reckon it's one of them. If you haven't subscribed yet, you're subscribing after that. That is why you have to subscribe, Deck. You're going to learn something new every week. It's going gonna, it's gonna to enhance your life. And if you want another podcast to listen to, and if you're into your cycling, check out the Garant Thomas Cycling Club. Imagine the George Groves Boxing Club, but about bikes. And with someone who's won the Tour de France telling you how elite cycling works. His guests include Bradley Wiggins and Chris Froome. Just search for the Garant Thomas Cycling Club in your podcast app now. We are back next Wednesday, and who have we got? It's a real coup. We've got not just one, but two of the Sauland brothers. I was sure there was only one of them, but there's two of them, and we got them in the same room. They do, at times, tag-team each other in and out of uh, situations. I've even seen Nissa do an undercard press conference and then Kala come in for the main event. You never see them both in the same place, but we will here at the club next week. Can't wait for that one. <laughs>